Welcome to episode one of It's a Tragedy, It's Not Tragic. I'm your host, Gerald Kimby Chiabi. I want to thank you for tuning in today, listening to uh, this podcast, which is going to talk about the murder of my father, Professor Emmanuel Mucho Chiabi. We'll talk about all the things that happened to him. Uh, We'll talk about all the things that he stood for in life. But on this episode, we will start off with the man, the myth, the legend. Um, We'll start off a little biography about who he was and how he came to be and what he stood for. And we'll give a little snippet of exactly what happened to him. So, Professor Emmanuel Mucho Chiabi was born on the 25th of May, 1946, in the town of Bamenda, Cameroon. Uh, to late Taku Chiabi and Nange Agnes, uh, my grandparents. Uh, he was blessed to be the fourth of five siblings uh, with the importance of education that was instilled in him at a young age. Uh, he soon transitioned to the town of Boya, where he attended Baptist Teachers Training College. It was there that he met his wife, Emma Yotindanga, soon to be Mrs. Emma Yotichiabi. Um, their union provided the start of his immediate family, which included myself, Gerald Kimbi Chiabi, and my two brothers, Clement Luma Chiabi and Valentine Ndachutaku Chiabi. Uh, in 1970, Uh, In pursuit of higher education and the opportunity, he moved to the United States of America with his wife and son soon to follow after. He planted roots on the west coast of the continent in sunny California, uh, where he attended Biola College and attained a BA in history and political science. He decided to further his education at Cal State Fullerton, where he attained a master's in history and political science. He then transitioned to Santa Barbara and attended the University of California, Santa Barbara, UCSB, Go Gauchos. It was there in that fashion that he was accustomed to dedication and hard work became a student teacher where it was all said when it was all said and done he emerged a scholar professor dr emmanuel mucho chiabi phd in history and anthropology and a published author of the book the making of modern cameroon This distinguished man in 1983 decided to move himself from the Western world and take his family to his home, Cameroon, where he utilized all of the knowledge that he had gained, spreads the seeds of knowledge with his colleagues and students and at the University of Yaoundé. During this tenure there, he received the Fulbright Scholarship to the University of Florida at Gainesville, Dickinson College in Pennsylvania, and Catholic University in Bamenda. In 1998, he once again moved west and ended up in the far northwest of the United States in Seattle, Washington. There he continued his teaching at Highline College where he gained additional colleagues and friends. 
After an honorable and distinguished career, he retired from his official professor role in 2016. This time, he completed his plan and returned to Bamenda, where he unofficially taught all those who surrounded him, both young and old. Professor Chiabi is survived by his aforementioned family, along with 11 grandchildren and three grandchildren. So that's the brief biology of my father. And in the beginning discussions, um, some of the things that come up when it comes to grief and understanding grief and how we see things. And, you know, I read over the biography of my father who was always there for me. And I start to realize how little I knew about him, yet how much I feel and felt of him. Um, it's a conflicting feeling, and it's hard to explain for those who have not experienced it yet. Uh, to know, especially in this case, and I'll speak for, um, for myself, and at any point, anybody who has and understands these feelings and would like to discuss them, uh, go to the social media page. Let's let's talk about it. But I start to realize <clears throat> some of the things I did not know about him. Uh, some of the things I wish I had known more. I don't regret anything about my life with him because I knew my dad. I knew him so well. Uh, he knew me so well. But when you look at all of the accolades, all of the graduations that I attended, all of the graduations that I was not there for, all of the trips that he took to uh, make his book, write his book, all of the people that were there in all of the pictures uh, you're seeing on the screen for those of you who have uh, video uh, podcasting. Um, you look at it and you go, did I really know him? It's a part of a harsh feeling of should I have known more? Should I have asked more? And in the end, hopefully, uh, I myself and you can go, I knew him. I don't need all of this. There's stuff that I won't know. Uh, there's things that will continue to haunt me. There are things that will continue to make me laugh. There are things that will continue to make me cry. But without a doubt, he was there. Uh, without a doubt, I knew him. Without a doubt, he was my father. All of the degrees that he had is not enough to describe the person that he is because the degrees did not make the man. Um, and for many of you who are out there, you have loved ones who may not have had the degrees um, and they are just as loved. They are just as strong. Uh, They're just as influential as my dad was to me and to so many others. Um, so in dealing with grief, a question comes to mind as to 
is is it enough did I know enough so the people who are still here my mother my brothers do I know enough about them wow <laughs> what feeling I mean it's like how do you quantify a feeling of somebody who you loved has passed like that and then turn around and look at the people who are in front of you um my parents they're my parents how do i not know them i was with them but that is also life i mean i was not with them 100 percent uh it was different age different times different understanding there was a time in my life when uh, my father was not the closest person that i had in my life i had friends uh, there was a time when my mother was not the closest to me i had friends there was a time when uh, neither of them were close to me i had myself i had my friends and i keep saying friends because at a certain point in my life i kind of had some very close friends and a lot of you know about that and they're the ones who kept me going at that time. And as teenagers, as young adults, you, you, you don't always have the mindset that you should turn to a parent, especially for some of the conversations. And as an African child, as an African parent, um, I would actually say as a hybrid, because, you know, spending a lot of time and growing up for, the first several years of my life in the States, I don't have the full understanding or the full growing up as an African child or the full understanding or the growing up as an American child. I'm a, I'm, I'm an extremely, extremely proud hybrid, as you may say, to be, to have experienced every single facet of life from one continent to the next. So therefore, um, saying that means that there were some conversations that here in the U.S. Uh, you have with your parents, while with African parents you don't. Uh, those of us who are African parents and those of you who are 100% growing, have grown up in an African home, will definitely understand it. And those of you who are in um, on the American side uh, would have to ask your African friends, ask your African colleagues uh, what that means to not be able to talk to your parents about certain conversations. Um, but then also the African side, ask your American friends what it's like to be able to say certain things to your parents, uh, be able to talk to your parents in a certain way, uh, be able to talk negatively to them, be able to talk positively to them, be able to have certain conversations that you are not free to have in the light of whatever culture you're growing up or that you are able to have those conversations. Um, so once again, going through the biography, um, it was actually written by me. Uh, there were several uh, attempts of writing it. There were several drafts of it. And I can tell you right now that the draft is still not correct. Um, knowing that 
he also had Fulbright scholarships in uh, Tokyo, Japan, and um, not documenting that is not necessarily an oversight, but that's how the brain works, is after you sit down and you think about things, um, you will see and you will feel and you will know the mishaps and things that are missing but yet you will also feel and see uh, the things that make you happy and smile and know that you can get through this grief by understanding that that's what comes with it. You have both sides. Uh, there will always be doubt in your mind. Um, as a human being, all we can do is move forward into the next phase and try and do better. So reading all of this, uh, coming up with this, uh, only explains a minute, a small portion of who he is and probably even a smaller portion of who I am. And that goes for you also who is listening that it doesn't define you. Um, when you start finding out that you don't know or you didn't know certain things about them. Um, well, I, I have two brothers, as I mentioned before, and I grew up with them at certain points of my life. And for long periods of my life, I didn't. Uh, we all even now are in different places uh, and saw each other maybe once to twice a year if it was a good year and if it was a bad year zero times so it's what we call life it's what you call life um but live it live your life uh you can't regret and go back but you can look and see so what do i do different is there something that i actually need to do that's different um, because it's just life. I mean, I'll continue to say that you do your best and that's how you survive. That's how you get to this point where you can go ahead and go through the throb process. Uh, you know, they say the stages of grief and, you know, one of them, you'll go through your doubts and, you know, what could you have done better? Were you a good enough son? Were you a good enough husband? Were you a good enough wife? All these, all these things come across your mind as time goes. Um, so open your hearts to understand that while you're grieving for your loved one, that it is okay that you did not know everything about them. It is okay that you did not know every single iota of what they did. Uh, somebody like my father, how could you know everything? You would have to be him to know. And even he himself had so much going on. I'm pretty sure there are certain things as the brain works, you just push to the back and you forget. There are things that have happened in my life that I, I've totally forgotten about. And all of a sudden you're sitting there and I know it's happened to you also where you just go, wow, um, where did that come from? Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Actually, I was there. Hey, how did that go? How did that disappear? But your brain is very strong. It's very resilient. 
but at the same time it is very weak and when i say weak it means that a lot of things creep into it which is why i'm here today uh so that we can get through this together loved my father my father loved me um so reading the biography understanding that this is a man who left a small country uh with absolutely nothing or left a small village town with absolutely nothing uh in the name of com uh that's k o m uh in the bigger town of Bamenda or the province of the northwest and went and established himself to this point where he had PhDs, MAs, BAs, um, came all the way across the world, went back to the world, going back to his country and then came back again and then went back again um means that you know everything is possible. So this is what this man did and he touched so many people in between with his kindness and resilience and strength um i tell people all the time i'm not sure if i know what it is not to work because i always saw my parents in general work uh both of them worked and my father always did something even as a professor he was a student teacher so he worked and he taught so there was non-stop work so that's all i know and um a lot of you out there will start feeling those things when you are going through this kind of grief and you will feel that person in you and you should smile and enjoy that um so that is the brief synopsis about uh, my father and you know as we continue through this series uh continue to get more in depth of different facets of the life and phases of the life and uh talk about exactly how he was how he affected people how your loved ones were and how they affected people and how they affected you and those around us um but as promised um in reading it you would see that the last phase or you'll hear that the last phase of his life he did go back to Cameroon and what was the purpose of him going to Cameroon um all of the education and all of the um let's say the positivity that he had learned and shared through life the one thing he always wanted to do is to share it with his home share it with his home and in sharing with his home he decided to move back and retire to Cameroon and he was there helping and teaching and in a capacity that was so under the radar that a lot of people didn't even know who he was in terms of the education level uh but he would mix with everybody the people who did know his uh, fellow professors and the people just of the neighborhood you know they they did not know they just it was just Mr. Chiabi Bobby Chiabi to them um but it seems like 
as it happens in the world because there's some sense of dare I say jealousy or would I say sense of misunderstanding or is it a sense of just not knowing um, that people look at you and they don't look at what you've been through to get where you are but they see where you're at now and they want it um, and that's what happened to my father my father was attacked by gunmen and he did not go quietly because that was not who he was that's not what he stood for and he talked to them he tried to talk he tried to say things and they were not happy with him so they shot him um why wow <laughs> what can i say um we will discuss it as we go through this uh series so this is just the beginning of uh, a discussion, like I said, that I would like to go through with anybody who's open to discuss, anybody who's been through this kind of uh, grief, this kind of tragedy, um, this kind of tragic event, because it's nonstop. There was these kind of things that go on before him, this kind of thing that happened to him. And unfortunately, it continues to happen to other people. So once again, I am your host, Gerald Kimby Chiabi. And this is just a quick episode to talk about who my father was, uh, what he stood for, wanting to help people. Um, he took he took education he took money he took things to help the lesser the poor dare i say that and he was rewarded with what many who try to help people are rewarded with and that is a strife a hatred a uh, denying spirit that ended his life. It's a hurtful thing for all of us. Um, it's a, not just in the immediate family, but it's a hurtful thing to hundreds, if not thousands of people out there. Um, and you who have experienced this grief, um, I want to stand with you now and also grieve with you for what you have gone through. And if you are going through this, just know you're not alone. It's not just you. I'm here. Uh, there are many people out there. Please don't go through it alone. Uh, try your best to not necessarily have to find somebody, but just know that somebody's there for you. Um, I'll read real quick what I wrote to my dad. Today I'd like to share just a brief 
Today, I'd like to share just in brief what you are and what you shall be. You were a professor. You were a student. You were a teacher. You were a mentor. You were an uncle. You were a husband. You were a father. But most of all, you were amazing. Looking at all the people, listening to all the people who are paying their respects to you both far and near is a testament to who you are. To say that you have touched many lives is to minimize who you are. From one part of the globe to the next, you embraced every soul that you came in contact with. You taught, you mentored, you showed the example of how it should be done, nonstop, day in and day out. To say you made an impression on many is also to minimize your effect. When you walked into a room, you command attention, not demand, but command, yet so humbly. You don't just work to prosper individually, you worked to make sure that those around you would thrive. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter where they were from, your birth town, your college town, to your retirement town. You made sure that those around you shared in your prosperity. You made sure that they shared in your knowledge. Growing up as your son, I also had many lessons. Some of the lessons were intentional, most of them were not. I remember once, I told you I wanted to race you getting dressed. I must have been around seven years old at that time. You told me, okay. I remember rushing to put my clothes on. And when I was almost through, I came into your room and you were still barely putting on your shirt. And I started laughing. I'm going to beat you. I said, you don't, you didn't say anything. You just kept getting dressed. I walked out of the room to go finish up. And the next thing I knew you popped into my room, fully dressed. I was standing there, not completely dressed. As I stood there with tears in my eyes and a sense of defeat, you didn't say anything except, why did you slow down? You said, don't ever slow down. Keep going. Don't stop until it's finished. Well, I'm not, it's not finished. You're not finished with your legacy. Your legacy lives. Look at what you started. Look at all the people. Listen to what they are saying. They weren't there when we had this race, but you told them the same thing. We will tell the stories. We will continue. We will not slow down. We will continue to learn. We will continue to teach. It's what you taught us. It's what you wanted. It's what we shall do. Your legacy lives. Your legacy breathes. Your legacy shall never perish. Your son. Gerald Kimbi Chiabi. 
take these words, apply it to your loved ones, live their memories. They loved you. You loved them. Show the world. Let the world know. They are not forgotten. I'm your host, Gerald Kimmy Chubby, and we will talk on the next episode. Once again, reach out on social media. Kimby underscore mucho 